With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. N-Y-Y-S-T. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Swinging for the fences. Knock it out the park. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Christian and Chris. Of course, SGR. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Call me New York. Yankee Sports Talk, record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, N-Y-Y-S-T, you're hanging with the fellas. Welcome back, this is episode 300 of the N-Y-Y-S-T podcast, we are live on N-Y-Y News TV, I'm your host Christian, as always joined by my co-host Chris. You! What's up bro, 300 shows, how you feeling? man, pretty good, I, it doesn't... The number doesn't matter to me anymore. Post a, a crack one open to 300. I'll spit one out. Here's why the number doesn't matter to me anymore. All it signifies to me is that we've done 300 episodes of this show. And the Yankees still have over five years. Over five years. And the Yankees still haven't won a World Series with us doing the show. So when that happens... We can look back on all these episodes and we can sit here and really take it all in. But until then, this this means nothing until they win it. Well, no, it does mean something. And it means uh, a big thank you to the fans that have supported this show from, since day one. All the new fans that have come over since we joined NYY News TV when we sat in my room that we're sitting that I'm sitting in right now and recorded the show, what was that? July, August. I think it was August when we spoke. When we had Vic Dipetto on for as our, our first, first show, what a goddamn train wreck that was! Oh but, my god! I mean, we'll always be grateful to Vic for joining us on that first show. Never in my wildest dreams that I think we'd be here five years later, three hundred shows later. And a lot of that's because this is a passion for me, a passion for you. And also it's because of the fan support. If we didn't have the fans that when we announced the end at the end of uh, the season last year, and people were like, no, you can't quit, you can't quit. And then Pete came to us with this offer. And we, you know, we saw how great, I guess, grateful or excited people were that we were back. You know, this is why we continue to do it. So thank you to you guys and you gals that listen and watch uh you know, 300 episodes, cheers to you. This is actually your 300th episode. We're just here to entertain you for the hour and a half. Yeah, and l- listen, I guess now is as good a time as, as any, and I meant to talk to you privately about this, but sometimes we just got to peel back the curtain on air because we're both busy. But uh, I did speak with SGR. I know a lot of people have been asking about him. Um, he's had some setbacks health-wise. Um and it's just for right now, I mean, it, it, it was something that we were going to circle back to eventually, but we did have a lengthy conversation. And uh, for right now, his best, um, what he needs right now, what's best for him is to kind of 
take some more time personally and, and work, you know, focus on his health and, and everything else. And uh, he said he, he does want to start pumping out some content for us um, to use on the show and, and to put up on the Patreon. So he's, he's actually starting that now. Um, so head over to patreon.com slash MOIST. Christian usually puts together a show once a week or so. Um, SGR, like I said, is going to hopefully start pumping out some content. And uh, he said uh, once the Yankees are in the playoffs, he's going to try and take a trip down by me and do a show, you know, down here. So hopefully he'll be back on for, for an episode or two in the postseason, but that's kind of where he's at right now. I didn't want to say anything publicly. I know a lot of people have asked about him. Uh, he's getting better. He got some some good news from the doctor recently. Um, but for right now, you know, we're going to be holding it down indefinitely. Uh, we we just wish uh, SGR the best in of his course, recovery man. here. And, uh, you know, chairs always open for him when he wants to come back. The show is the best with SGR in it, but I think we've been doing uh, – our best to hold it down in his absence. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, we're live here on Saturday night. Uh, I, I wanted to do something special for the 300th episode, but I couldn't think of anything. So with night games on Sunday and night game on Monday, I said, you know, we got an open night Saturday night. Let's, you know, what's there for Yankee fans to do tonight? I mean, who college football is fucking boring. I'm sorry. Uh, it just is. Until bowl season, I love bowl season. Maybe it's because I I I make it uh, synonymous with the holiday season, and it's just something to do during that time yeah. period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But up until then, I just I can't really get into college football. So join us. Let's you know we'll talk about the Yankees who are rolling right now, six in a row, I believe, ten out of their last twelve. The uh, American League East lead is up to nine. The magic number is down to three. So I mean, is it three it or a, two? No, it's three. Three. Unless three, uh, oh, sorry, two over the Rays, three over uh, three for the Blue Jays. Well, three for them to clinch. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so. I'm just mentioning what Michael K said, which I guess is pretty, you know, irrelevant to even mention the Rays. Michael K is irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen. Look, I I was telling Pete before we came on air that I said last week that K should be the one to get the call this home run if it ever happens. I mean. Come on, Aaron. Let's go. Okay. Okay. But after listening to him today, it was bad, dude. He kept talking about the silence, and he he gave me like ten different two on, two out, two on. Like, Look, dude, everybody was freaking out last night, and and I get it from the perspective of not a lot of people or as many people were able to watch that game because it was on Apple. Oh, it's, you know, and you got people like Mark Feinstein who I, I like, I don't have a problem with him. Be like, well, it's free. Well, great. It's fucking free. But my father's 66 years old, disabled, can't leave his fucking house, has the first fucking HD TV ever made. It's probably still fucking has the fucking knobs on it. How is he getting the Apple TV app on on that TV? Okay, right. So I get it from that perspective. I'm lucky enough where I have access to all this stuff. Not everybody does. No, but the people are like, "Well, Apple TV's broadcast sucks, and they'll ruin the call." You know, Albert Pujols hit a 700 home run last night. Yes. Do you know it was on Apple TV? Yeah, I got to talk about that with you in a minute. I mean, to me, the call was perfect. I love that call because I love simplicity in those moments. 
On the radio, I understand. On the radio, it needs to be a little bit more because you need to have what's happening described to you. But when you can see it, it doesn't need to be described. To I'll you. say one thing though: you're okay. you're not you're you're seeing it from someone who is not attached to a voice that exemplifies or that you know represents the St. Louis Cardinals. You're seeing it from as a as a general baseball fan, a guy you know who Aaron respects could you know Aaron Judge could have hit a record uh, tying home run, a, a historic home run last night on the Apple broadcast. And had they had called it exactly like they called Pujols' home run, I would have no issue with it. I agree. The call was the call was deep to left they're 700 and they didn't say a and they word let it, they let it breathe and they let it play and i would rather have that and i'm being dead honest with you i would rather have somebody call that who who has only called two yankee games all year because this crew that called the yankee game last night had a previous yankee game i'd rather have them say wherever judge hit it deep to center there's 61 and let it lay out that have michael k narrate the whole thing for a minute and a half because to me i've always held that it I, I don't know if held that against him is the right thing mm-hmm. to say, but it always bothered me. Now, he didn't shut the fuck up after Jeter hit his 3,000th home run. I don't need you to tell me what's happening. I can see it. Yeah. John Sterling, on the other hand, yes, he could. He If he talked through the entire thing, I'd have no problem with it because I'm, that's a radio call. It need, What's happening needs to be described to you. Yeah. But when you can, and that's, and honestly, I know people shit on Joe Buck all the time. That's what I learned by Things I always liked about Joe Buck. A ball was hit to, you know, I remember a World Series call. I don't remember. Houston and the Yankees are back on top. It might have been Houston was in the World Series. It might have been in like, oh, when when were they in the National? Like, oh, four when Pettit and Clemens oh, were in four, oh, five. Oh, five. A oh, five was, was their last year in the National League? Yeah, but they were in the World, no, because the Red Sox beat the Cardinals in oh, four. They were in the World Series in oh, five when they lost to Chicago, I want to say. Whenever it was, right? A ground ball has hit the second base. He doesn't say anything. He just let the yeah. he, he he just lets it play out, and then he adds the soundtrack when needed. Those are the best TV play-by-play guys. You don't need to ratchet the drama up. Yeah, like Kay has to ratchet the drama up all the time. I can see, I can hear, and I understand there might be. Visually impaired people. There might be hearing impaired people that have the TV on. That's a very small percentage of of what is happening. You you don't have to ratchet this up. Well, not here's what I'll like, here's what I noticed. I don't even remember what he. I'm sorry. I, I don't even remember what he was saying today. But it was just pissing me off because it's like he knew he had this extra audience, so now he had to show off. Like shut the fuck up and let the fucking. He have kept that talking out. about how. It was so fascinating that everyone was so loud, and then oh, yeah. right and before then the pitch, it, it was silence, and, and remember, he said it every at bat. And then a crescendo. Shut up. Yeah, Just, I know what crescendo means. Okay, ninety percent of people watching the game will know what crescendo means. We don't need that word popped out to show your Fordham education yeah. during a <laughs> baseball game. Well, listen. Here's something I did notice, and I don't know if 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 you felt this in the moment, but first of all. Every time Judge gets a good swing on it, even if in a normal time, you would know it's just a fly ball. Anytime he gets under it and and it looks like a good swing, I'm fucking screaming. So in that, it, there was a, what was it, the first at bat last night? He, he got a pretty good piece on one, but 
it wasn't as good as the one the night before. Was uh, it the first at bat? Yeah, it was, it was the first at bat to, to left. Yeah, it was early, definitely early in the game. And it was just a good, solid, smooth swing. And, and I immediately start screaming. And I'm I, I'm holding my kids. Like, all my kids are next to me. And we're watching okay. it and whatever. Okay, he's got eight kids. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm screaming. And, and I realized, if that was it, I don't even hear the, the call in the moment. I don't even hear it. I don't even care about it. It doesn't affect me in any way. For me, I think it was more of a sentimental thing for Michael Kay because he does so many games. Again, I'm not his biggest fan. I really don't care for him. But I just think it's, you know, you do so many games watching the same players and, you know, it's a big thing. And then to not be there for that moment kind of sucks. But The weather's really iffy for tomorrow. So, But Kay and Cone will both be working that game for ESPN. Do you think they let them call yes. judges at bat. Yep. I do. Hey, from the studio and then Cone will be in the yeah, booth. They're used to it. I mean, uh, we're how many, how many years removed now from, uh, when fans couldn't show up to the stadium and Paul O'Neill's still in a fucking locked in his basement. So that was embarrassing. Embarrassing. First of all, I, w- I want to know something. How did they get O'Neill Cruiser an autographed Jersey of Paul O'Neill? If he's in the, in his fucking basement, embarrassing, embarrassing. How did they get? How did they get him that that autographed jersey? Did he FedEx it overnight? Yeah, or or one of them just forged or they, it. Or they just have these things? I think he around? signed a power of attorney, and then uh, Coney uh-huh. signed it for him. I mean, come on now, it's twenty twenty two. They're never gonna you, let it go, dude. You can you can let him in the fucking booth. It's, They're never uh, gonna let it go. All right, so. Yeah, so it was uh, Thursday night, man. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I, come on. I still got, I, I mean, honestly, I got, I still got blue balls from that. That yeah. fucking cameraman deserves to get a fucking beaten, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear Sterling's call right away, but I tweeted jokingly, like anyone listening still thinks Judge tied it. No, but he. But he called it perfectly, man. See, that's why I think that if that was a normal, um, camera shot we wouldn't have gotten as excited because yeah, he got a good piece of it though because the blind bat and i love john sterling guess he was a guest on the show 200 episodes ago okay, okay. we caught him when he was going to brunch. brunch what do you guys what do you guys want oh i forgot about the interview i'll call you back when i'm done eating my eggs <laughs> but if you have not heard our interview with uh John Sterling, Apple Podcast, go back to episode 100. It's still a great interview, even though it really it's a few is. years old now, because he does go back into some of the history of his uh, tenure with the Yankees. But for him to recognize off the bat that it really wasn't going out kind of shows that he was, he's he's kind of locked into these yeah. bats. Like. The, and, and they showed before the game, the wind was really bad at the stadium. Um, it's those goddamn Maris kids. I, you know, I almost tweeted today, but I just didn't feel like dealing with the assholes who, Excuse me. who you know, just are just relentless. But I almost tweeted today. Maybe the Marises should just stay home and keep keep Rogers' fucking ghost out of the stadium. Well, they said that they might go to Toronto. Yeah, I know. They, listen, are they, are they all vaccinated? Listen, can I just say one thing? Uh-huh. The, the Maris family seems very nice, very respectful. Uh-huh. But nobody likes your and father. I, and I think they hand, they've handled it pretty well. But I think they have too, but nobody they likes your father. Openly, they openly, and Billy Crystal on Michael K's show kind of defended them a little bit. Uh-huh. Go, they're they're openly not okay 
with this record being broken. Would you honestly though, like I, I don't like Dude. Roger Maris. I'll be the first one to admit it. But if that was your dad, would you want somebody to break the only thing that's keeping him relevant in, in the history of the game? Like honestly, yeah, Roger man, Maris it, has a significant place in the history of baseball because of this record. As soon as Aaron Judge passes him, he's nobody. Like, no, oh, but let's the, be real. No, but see, I disagree with you. I think that's the beauty of of what Roger Maris did all those years ago. That he com- didn't compile the greatest career, but he will forever be etched well, in baseball history because of it. It's time to let go, guys. It's time if you're gonna. Here's how I would think of it. If anyone's going to beat my dad's record, I'm praying that Judge does it right now. Because no, and I think they're all, I, I think that's kind of a whole I get they're all, I think they're okay with that. I think they've said as much that if it's going to be anybody, a guy like Judge, but I think we have to be realistic in this, Chris. Yeah, it's great that Roger Maris We've all seen 61. It's not an embellishment. People hated Roger Maris because he yeah. wasn't Mickey Mantle. He wasn't a homegrown Yankee. The stress, the death threats, all that shit was real. And you do feel for him in that regard. Mm-hmm. Guy won two MVPs here, won a couple, I believe he won a couple titles with the Yankees, did pretty much everything that he was brought here to do. So, you know, in that sense, it, it was wrong for the. See, everybody's like, oh, you know, look how they treat Stan. Well, this shit has been going on for Yankee fans for 60 goddamn years, bro. This is just how Yankee fans are. It's not an excuse for anything, but, you know, it's nothing new either. But once Roger Maris is no longer the Yankee all-time home run leader, he kind of fades away in history, you know? Mm. It's no longer chasing 61 Roger Maris, it's chasing whatever judge sets the mark at. And, you know, so I understand from their perspective, they really don't want it broken. But at the same time, nobody likes your dad. (laughs) Nobody likes him. I guess my point is it's like they're not teenagers. I mean, they're they're what? They got to be in their 50s, 60s. Like at some point you got to you got to just kind of face the. What do they do? They sit home and they fucking watch tapes of their dad and like that. They hold it so that dear to their heart. I get. I, well, if your dad had, I would just, be, I would be embracing it. It's been fucking sixty years, dude. You guys are on your way out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just want to ha- have it to happen after they're gone. They don't have to see it. See, I wouldn't. I would rather see it. I'd rather. Okay. I'd rather well, die not, knowing. Well, you're not a Maris, okay? I'd rather die knowing that I was the, I was the last Maris that people are going to remember. Were you the one they tried to kidnap in the movie? You know, think about that. Think about that, right? If they die and no one breaks it, no one fucking talks about them. But if Judge breaks it, everyone talks about, oh, you know, the kids were there, and yeah, Roger's kids showed up at every game. They were so respectful, blah, blah, blah. And, and hey, now they're in history. Yeah, but at that moment, but then going forward in history, it's forgotten. You forgotten. Know, it's you are, forgotten. You're, you're right about that. You are. So, I mean, hopefully this happens tomorrow uh, if they get the game in. I thought it was going to happen today. I really, the the sh- if the shadows didn't get so bad in that last that bad, I really think he would have done it. You know it. what? And I got to give a lot, I got to give a lot of credit to Nick Pavetta, man. He yes. wasn't afraid. He was not afraid to be the guy. Yeah, no, he, 
kudos to him, man. He went fucking right. What did he throw him? Three straight fastballs in that first at bat? I think he threw him like five out of six. Of, even if you count the next at bat, like five out of six pitches, he threw him were fastballs. Yeah, so I gotta give. I haven't you seen know, Judge you, see that many fastballs in how long? I mean, you've looked, you've seen guys that wanted no part of being the the guy to give up this home run. Pavetta was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go at him," and I respect that. And he said after the game today, um, he didn't like the special balls that they put in play because mm-hmm. they're not rubbed up enough. But he goes, for what this guy is going after, he deserves to have that happen for him. So I respect what he did and what he said. Even though he's he's a, he's a member of the Red Sox, you still got to respect uh, the way he approached it. Um, you know, Alex Cora says and does two different things, though. He said that he was he wasn't here for, to give judge a vacation or he to, for him whatever the hell he said, and then they they walked him a bunch of times on Thursday. But yeah, I don't think I don't think those walks were really. I wouldn't categorize them as the typical unintentional intentional walk. They, he still got some it, all weekend long. He's gotten some good he pitches has to had hit. Pitch, he has had pitches to hit, which it's. And then people are like, he's pressing. Well, is he pressing, or is it just you know? It's hard to hit home runs. Well, I here mean, I know he's made it so he's made it look so easy this yeah. year, but yeah, I mean, he, I did the average, and yeah, I think I it was at fifty nine. This is. Right after he hit 59, he was averaging like one home run every 2.4 games or so. And that would, and, hasn't and that would, yeah, but at the time, I, whenever I did, I think it would translate. Oh, no, it wasn't at 59. Sorry. It was when he was at 57, maybe. And it translated for him to do it in Toronto. And then he went on more of a tear. And, you know, now he's. Well, he hit, well, he hit three in two games. Right, exactly. So that's why. But it's going to play out where he could possibly do it in Toronto anyway. And I, If he doesn't hit it tomorrow, I, don't, I, I want him benched all three games in Toronto. It should not happen in Toronto. That, that, have you ever been to that stadium? It's a dump. It's uh-huh. a fucking dump, dude. That record should not be broken in fucking Canada. Okay? Yeah. Number two. Yeah, you could put an asterisk next to it for just Speaking for that alone. Can- Speaking of Canada, poor John Heyman will never get the answer to this burning to his burning question of whether Andrew Benatendi is vaccinated or not. Oh yeah, that's true. Poor John. I got to give John Heyman credit. You know, the last few weeks though, I never thought I'd say it, but John Heyman's been the one uh, you know prominent reporter out there that's been kind of not scared to say people are ridiculous for for suggesting anyone but Aaron Judge is the MVP. So I'll give it to him. Uh-huh. I'll give it to him. Well, you know, people do. People like to make shit up about Aaron Judge because did you hear this one? Howard Reynolds said that the Yankees and Angels were on the doorstep of making a trade for Judge. Yeah. In in the yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I like how Harold Reynolds is the only person in the entire world that knew that that was happening. Yeah. And Randy Levine came out and said that he was being irresponsible. Doubtful. Among. I do vaguely remember hearing that the Angels called and Aaron Judge's name was brought up, but that doesn't mean anything because every player in every sport's name gets brought up. When is he suggesting this happened? This trade uh, deadline? No, before the season started. Yeah, doubtful. Because if this was as close to being done as Harold Reynolds said, do you think somebody else would have picked up on this? These guys break every news story. Every rumor hits Twitter. This didn't hit Twitter? It would have been the biggest story of the offseason. Why would the Yankees have offered him anything if they 
if they were even thinking about well, trading him. This is an interesting point that Pete brought up while we were waiting to come on is did did judge say no and then these trade discussions happened? Mm. We don't we don't know when this final this ultimatum was put in front of him with this two seventeen. You know, that could have been they could have spoken right before the before uh, the morning opening day, judge said no, and then that could have been it. It could have, it could have been three days out, ten. We don't know. We we don't know all the facts here. But I can get. I'd be willing to guarantee you that the giant, that the Yankees and the Angels were not in agreement, base basically to trade Aaron Judge. That did not happen. So you just reminded me when you said earlier um, that Pujols hit seven hundred on Apple TV. I said I wanted to mention something. I don't know if you'll know this, but does Apple TV set the day, the games before the season starts, or do they add games and buy games as the season progresses? I believe it's all scheduled. Did they buy a package? So it's just pure coincidence. It was pure. Yeah, no, I believe it was pure coincidence that they had that they could have possibly had Judge breaking that record. And Pujols going for 700. Yeah, because think about the outcry. If Yes originally had that game and it was stolen from them. So that's why I'm, I'm going to go under the assumption that this was part of their pre-per... What they, when they purchased their packages, these were the games they were given or, or they took preseason. Because there's no... you Could you have imagined what... You saw how upset people were yesterday. Now imagine if they knew that Yes had this game and Apple took it from them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So 61 hopefully comes uh, tomorrow night uh, against the Red Sox before the Yankees hit the road here. Um, we've seen a lot of good things out of the Yankees the past couple of days. I mean, I'm going to briefly, briefly talk about this because I don't want to waste any more fucking energy on this guy. I said it last week until uh, the postseason is we finally – I don't – see, look, I'm not going to commend him for anything. And I, I, I do think that it was kind of bitchy what he did last night, but maybe, and I'm saying this because I told you last week, I still need to hold on to this, that maybe he's finally reached his fucking breaking point. Maybe. No, he's, he's, he's reached his mental breakdown, maybe. And there's only, he can only come up from here. No. No. Because it- granted, I know a lot of people on social media were like last night. How could you bitch about that? That wasn't. It was a strike. It on all these on all these K boxes. It hit the bottom of the zone. At least the ones that I saw. So he had every right to be upset about that. But here's where you separate yourself from everybody else. Make another good pitch. That's what you're paid to do. So, yeah, gonna, I'll just say I'll say. just say real quick. People on there was someone that uh, innocently tweeted a video of CC getting thrown out and compared it to Cole. And uh, no. No, listen, CC used to get thrown out because he was a fucking competitor. CC, CC. Well, that's where I'm, I, I don't think you can fairly say that Garrett Cole is not a competitor. No, there. he's not. No, no, I'm not okay, saying well, he's I'm not. Really no, 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 hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me correct myself. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he's not. What I'm saying is in that moment, He's not getting tossed because he's a competitor. He's getting tossed because, like you said, he's hitting his breaking point. That was not a... Look, a competitor 
No. That, he hit his breaking point. He fucking failed because he once again imploded in facing adversity. Right, facing right. a bad call, something he couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, then loses focus on what he can control, gives uh-huh. up the home run, yes. and then he had a temper tantrum. All right. Okay, you I'm you weren't really, you weren't I'm looking a, at a guy who's dominant on the mound and pissed off because for you know once in a blue moon you know messed up because of a bad call. You were looking at a guy who for the last season and a half now has fucking been pretty bad for what he's here to do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was his boiling point, and he had a temper tantrum. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be the moment that brings him back. I think it just makes him look worse. And I, and I mentioned this last night. You know, you're having a fucking temper tantrum and getting tossed from a game when Judge can tie a, a, a record that hasn't been broken in 61 years. And, now, and, and you know the second you get tossed and lose your emotion that your manager has to come out and he has to get tossed, so what? Then Judge hits 61 and both of you... Both of you are sitting in the clubhouse because you couldn't, you couldn't control yourself because you don't know how to handle uh, an umpire making a bad call. How many pitchers every single day get bad calls? And and these umpires should be punched in the face. For yeah, it. some of them are really bad, dude. Some of them are really bad. Like honestly, if you think about it today, you asked me if I thought that was a strike on the check swing that uh, Judge got called out on, and on a normal day, you could probably say. Mm, but you you can't you, you it's the ump show. You yeah. can't make it about yourself at that point. That's Aaron Judge going for a fucking uh, record. It's close enough where you could let it go, but you had to make it about yourself. I think that in that and moment, I, think, I was just going to say real quick. In that moment, I don't want to say Judge is necessarily pressing, but it's obvious. You know, he understands the weight of this, obviously. And I think you saw in that call that you never see that kind of a negative emotion out of Judge, and and that's what made me think oh, it he's wasn't not a competitor as competitor either. No. no, no, no. That's what made me think it wasn't as close as it actually was when Judge started. Fl- so because it was a borderline call, and Judge reacted that way, you can tell he he really wanted to do this at home, and he knew how many fucking eyes were on him. Of course he doesn't want to do this in Canada, bro. He doesn't he doesn't want people fucking not cheering because they're too busy eating their poutine. Okay. That, if that stadium when's the last time that stadium's been packed at when Rogers? The last Center? time they were in the postseason? I, I don't even know oh. who it was then. That was when what uh-huh. but but the Batista home run? Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I don't know, man. I guess we'll see what Cole like I like we both said last week. It doesn't matter anymore regular season with him. No, we know funny, he's getting the ball. We just gotta we just gotta hope and stay optimistic that he's gonna turn into the guy we need him to. But here's the thing about Garrett Cole, and it's not even, I'm not praising him in any way by saying this. It's it's just a dichotomy of what he is as a pitcher. Is that he has these moments where he just completely melts down, but these other these moments of utter dominance. We're gonna talk about Aaron Judge breaking Roger Maris's record. He's going to break Ron Guidry's single season strikeout record. That's, that might that is probably I think if you ask anybody who who would know these things, 
the greatest single pitching season in the history of the Yankees. It, and it, and I know strikeouts are different 78 versus 2022, but still, it just goes to show you that now Garrett Cole's name is going to go in the record book. And, and unless the Yankees win the World Series this year, and Garrett Cole is a big part of that, what are you going to think about this year for Garrett Cole? That he had a record-breaking season or that he was fucking terrible? Yeah, no one cares about that record when, when you know, I, I said this the other day, he's just as bad as the hitters who are strikeout or home run. Strikeout or fucking, you know, he's he's the Joey Gallo of pitching this year. He's either he's either go that far. He's either striking he's either striking guys out or he's giving up home runs. Oh, yeah, Amy, Amy, you got to get on this guy. <laughs> okay. Speaking to Amy Cole, okay. Okay. so I took my I took my daughter and wife apple picking today. Okay, and they had a pony ride. My daughter's obsessed with two things: dogs and horses. And she tries to ride the dog, even though I tell her not to. Uh-huh. Okay. So we find out she went for her first pony ride today. And this fucking jerk off cut in front of my wife. And I was ready to fucking go. Like, really, I'm seething at this moment. Because there's, there's, there's literally nothing I can tolerate less than my kid being disrespected. And I felt this fucking jerk off stepping in front of my wife was disrespecting my kid. Mm. And, my, and, I, and I was getting my wife saw me. She says, don't say anything. I go, what the fuck do you mean don't say anything? She was going to cause a scene at a pony ride. I go, this guy just fucking walked in front of us. I mean, if it's not cause a scene now, when am I going to do it? Never. You got to cause uh-huh. a scene. Uh-huh. So I didn't say anything because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted my kid to ride. I said, all right, let's ride the pony. Uh-huh. Okay, 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 okay. Now I know again. Now I know what being a cuck feels like. Now I know what That's it. Cool you're, feels you're like, cuck. Okay? And, um, I've, and yeah. I forgot to wish my wife a happy birthday last weekend. Oh. Oof. On the show, so. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Meg, happy birthday. Meg, uh-huh. I love you. Happy birthday, okay? So, <sighs> positivity, right? Yanks are rolling right now. They're uh, about to clinch the American League East in a couple of days here. They kind of turned the corner here. Guys are back. So, what's going to happen on October 11th, besides the big event in the Bronx, go to at NYY News TV for all the information. Shameless plug. Okay. You see how I transitioned? Okay. That? okay. But that's also going to be game one in the ALDS. The Yankees could be facing a huge, huge roster crunch here. Think about it like this. Aaron Hicks is batting 500 since he opened his mouth, by the way. Just, just pointing that out. Okay. Couldn't care less. Maybe he should have said something. Oh, I don't know, dude. He called himself a 30-30 guy, and he, can, and he proceeded to have one, the worst year of his career. So I don't know about opening his mouth any earlier would have done him any good. But, I mean, you want to say you, you got to back up your talk? At least this time, he has. So we'll see what happens here. Even though he should have never seen the fucking field again because if he was playing on my team, I would have fucking benched his ass on Sunday. Absolutely. And I would have made sure that he didn't play another game for this team as long as I was the manager. But, hey, you know, I want to talk about Cucks. All right, Aaron Boone. Okay. Anyway, hopefully Aaron Hicks is not in play here. But right now I like the outfield. Yeah, How do you not like this outfield, the Cabrera, Bader, and Judge? Really loving Cabrera, man. But. Really loving The hope for the Yankees is Andrew Benatendi, who has been basically ruled out for the regular season, is going to be a player in October. How how 
do you take Oswaldo Cabrera out of this lineup? You can't. How do you? But you traded Andrew Benintendi for this exact per- reason. Well, there's someone who I who I feel. Mm, I guess not because Peraz is dead, right? Well, I mean, he has turned into. Uh, He's definitely turned into uh, Ben Morvet, huh? Is there a way Cabrera? I mean, Cabrera in the infield at this point doesn't make sense either because he's been so good in the outfield. But this also presents another issue. Do you even activate DJ LeMayu? Ooh. You have to think about it like this. Boone has already come out and said DJ LeMayu is not going to be 100% for the rest of the season. We've seen DJ LeMayu not be 100%. He is not a good baseball player. I just Yeah, he's completely a shell of himself. Okay. Rizzo's healthy. He's your first baseman. Glaber Torres is hot. 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 Right now. Hottest he's been as a Yankee, I think. You can't touch Glaber Torres. No. Yankees and, are not moving. And hold on, Glaber Torres in the postseason has been very good. Yeah. Okay. Glaber, uh, Yankees are not. I mean, if they haven't done it yet, they're not gonna. IKF is your shortstop. Well, yeah that that would be the only. But that doesn't. But IKF not being a shortstop does not solve any of the problems. Right. Unless I guess you want Cabrera to play shortstop. No. Okay. And Donaldson. Defense alone warrants him being the third baseman. And yeah. he's been better since he had the kid. He has been. And we've all said that maybe this is the guy that wakes up in October and has that big run in him in October. And I think we've seen he's been clutch. You have to say that more, uh, maybe not more so than not, but he's had a knack for these moments. He has four walk-off hits this year. Yeah. I'm sorry, three and a sack fly, but still. It, it, counts it counts as a walk-off, okay? So he's had a knack for these moments. So it's a type, he's kind of a guy that, as much as I call him Wash Donaldson, I really don't want to take him out of lineup come October. No, can't. So where do these guys fit in? It's... Where do these guys fit in? If Andrew Benintendi is healthy, 100% stamped healthy, ready to go, is he on the bench? Is Cabrera on the bench? Like, where do you go in that situation? You know, we look. Harrison Bader's here for five. Has been has played five games, six games, whatever it's been as a Yankee. You have seen in that in that handful of games why he was worth Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, and we got to talk about that for a second too, because I feel like too many people are saying. You know, ever since Bader came, who I fucking love this guy, dude. I love Harrison Bader from the second he stepped on the field. Great. Going to be a great fit on this team, in this lineup. Love him. Before you get to your point, quick, uh, somebody compared him to this team is Nick Swisher. You like that comparison? Yeah, it's a great comparison. It really is. But here's my here's my problem with the people like, oh, haven't heard any of the Jordan, haven't seen any of the Jordan Montgomery tweets of late ever since Bader... Bader's talent was never the reason people had an issue with the Jordan Montgomery trade. Even us, we said we don't really know what he is. We don't know. The biggest issues that people had with Jordan Montgomery, let's not get it twisted. Let's not just always just, you know, go right to giving Cashman praise now and saying we were wrong. 
Our issue with the Jordan Montgomery trade was that it didn't fucking make sense. He didn't get another pitcher. Our rotation got worse at the deadline. Our rotation got worse at the deadline. And the second issue was simply that Bader was injured. And if you remember, they couldn't even be 100% sure that he would be healthy enough to come back this year. <laughs> they traded for the guy and he didn't play for them for six weeks. I mean, let's not That was that the fact. issue. Now, if you want to now take it into context now and forget about all that, I can see why the Yankees made the trade, of course. Bader is someone... Here's another issue with it, though. We thought it would eventually spell the end of Aaron Hicks, and it hasn't. And it hasn't. So that's another issue with it. It had never had anything to do with questioning if we were getting back a guy who could be more valuable than Jordan Montgomery. It never... It spelled the end of Aaron Hicks as a starting player, though. It has. I mean, you they spot start him. He played, but for them to rely on him day in and day out, it has a, at, at the very least, it has led to that. Fine. We don't have to look at his name in the lineup every day. But okay? I, but, but listen, Bader fits in perfectly with this team. He brings a, another level of energy that this team needs, and he's a fucking phenomenal defender. Phenomenal out there. I've been watching baseball for 35 years. I've never seen a guy get set in throwing position Wild. as as he get, as he catches the ball like Harrison Bader. It's does. like he snorts a line of coke before the before the ball is hit, and he's just got all this amped up fucking energy waiting for it to land in his glove. So you know Bader's stamped himself as a center fielder. I mean, we don't have to even bring up Judge's name. We know he's playing in right field. I mean, you want to talk about guys that bring this 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 energy and enthusiasm and brings a you know a, a different kind of spark to the team. That's what Oswaldo Cabrera has done, and he's been hitting a lot better. I think Pete said he's he's hitting like two seventy eight over his over his last seven games or whatever it is. Uh, you've seen you've seen the pop in the bat now. I mean, how do you take this guy out of the lineup? And he's great in the outfield too. But at the same time, it's like if Andrew Benintendi's healthy, this is what you got this guy for. So it's like you got to make a hard decision here somewhere. Well, where is he better? He's better on the left side of the plate. Who? Cabrera. He has, uh, I mean, we've definitely seen he's got way more pop from the left side of the plate for sure. Yeah, so you can't even talk about a platoon because a righty's going to yeah, be. Yeah, because Benintendi's a lefty. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, you make the hard. You're Aaron Boone. Make the hard decision. Who's playing game one if they're if, if Ben Tenney's healthy? Make I got, the hard decision. I, it's it's really we got to take emotion out of it. It's really not a hard decision. I think Andrew Benintendi is the more seasoned vet. He's been there before, and he, although Cabrera has been great, been a big boost to this team. His bats coming around. You have to just look at the at the dynamic of this lineup with Ben and Bader, everyone else is much more lethal than Cabrera in there, in my opinion. I want to say much more lethal. Uh, I, I, I think Ben and too this team uh, needs 
contact hitters, man. Yeah, but Benintendi you said it's not puts even, the ball in the play. You just literally just play. said it's not a it's not a hard it is a hard decision. You can't make mm. it's it's a, it's not a hard. I mean, it is a hard decision. That's tough to take this kid out of lineup. The way he's played, and now we're in the postseason. You're gonna be like, okay, you're on the bench. I mean, if I'm filling out the lineup card, I have to agree with you. I would, for at least game one, I would start Ben Benintendi. But if he doesn't look right or he takes an O for four, I make the switch. I don't give him. I don't give him time to break out of it if if I'm not starting Cabrera. That's my that's my take here's on my, it. Here's my thing. We've seen the Yankees do this way too many times where they don't follow up enough, they don't have the right answers, and they let these guys go out there, and they're not 100% healthy. When it comes to Benintendi right now, because of how good Cabrera's been, I need to be 100% sure from the Yankees that he's 100% healthy. But that's why I said he is. He's 100% cleared to go. That is why, conversely, as controversial, quote-unquote, as this might be, I don't want to activate DJ LeMayu if he's not 100%. Why are you going to shoehorn him, shoehorn him into the lineup? I get it. He's DJ LeMayu. He's been clutch. He's a great hitter. He's very versatile, versatility, and he's good pretty much everywhere you put him. But why are you going to shoehorn him into the lineup when you've seen him be a subpar hitter yeah. while injured? Knowing that you don't have anywhere you can put him. Yeah, no, I, I think gonna, you're right about that. I don't he's think he's not gonna, gonna play he's not gonna play first base. He's not gonna play second base. You cannot take Glaber Torres and put him at shortstop. You'll ruin whatever goodwill you have with Glaber Torres moving him to, to shortstop. And you're not gonna play him at third base. What about so Cabrera the, at third? What about him at third? Where are you gonna do with Donaldson? I don't know, man. I mean, I like Donaldson, and and you made great points about him before, and he's been clutch, and he's been much better. But if if we're if we're talking about who Cabrera should play over, I don't know that it's Benintendi more than Donaldson. Wait, say that again. If Benintendi it, should Benintendi it, should play more over Donaldson or the other way around? No, no, no. I'm saying if we're talking about who Cabrera should play over, um, I don't think the art the debate should be should he play over Benintendi. I think you can make more of a case that he should that he could play over Donaldson. But yeah, but I don't think you Yankees make too many good the points. The Yankees are not going to mess with this infield. I think he loses in either case. I think I think Benintendi wins if you if you argue that, and I think Donaldson wins if you argue that because of the defense and because, like you said, he's been clutch. Um, but I all I'm saying is I think the the better argument is for Donaldson over Benintendi. No, I think the better argument is for Benintendi. I got to see him. I, I mean, I got to see if he's healthy. The better argument is for Benintendi because he hasn't played since, when, what, has it been a, a month now yeah, already? Yeah, but Christian... Brian Cashman can't have can't have his big trade deadline deal not in the in the postseason lineup. Oh, you mean like his other one who's injured and won't make the postseason rotation? You mean that guy? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know that the uh, Seattle Mariners extended Luis Castillo today? Did they? Yeah. He went there. He's not a Yankee. No. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine I he was a Yankee. I believe the deal was five for one hundred eight with a vesting option for it makes it six for one thirty, and the Seattle has some type of uh, 
protection in it if uh, he gets Tommy John surgery, where they where that that option kicks in and they only have to pay him five million dollars in that sixth year. Ooh, they would be the opposite for the Yankees. Cashman would pay him more if he had Tommy John. So let's bring up Brian Cashman, okay? okay. Unless you have any, I mean, are you settled on this debate of who's going to be in on who's going to be on the roster? I, would you would you say that? If you're the Yankees, would you leave DJ LeMayu off the postseason roster based on all this information? Man, I got to tell you, I didn't, I didn't think about it, but your points are too valid. They make too much sense for them uh-huh. to tag him. But uh-huh. hey, it goes back to our famous question on the show: smarter, smarter Yankees. Yankees, smarter Yankees. So who knows? So I mean, I. I don't think honestly I don't think they will I don't think they would I think they I think the more likely thing would be is that they activate him don't start him he's just on the bench and and look and that might be a good role that that would that would be a good role if he he's admittedly he's not going to be 100% having DJ LeMayu off the bench is never a bad never a bad situation no see I I think now that I think about it more so I think activating him would be a good idea, but not starting him. He'd be a bench player if you want to pinch shift for IKF late yeah. in the game, or if you want to pinch shift for Trevino, Trevino late in the game. You can use Lemayu in a situation there like that, and then and then you can have, you know, even if you don't, even if Benintendi does start over Cabrera, then you have Cabrera to fill the hole defensively late in the game. And, so I, I yeah. see. See, I like this. This is brainstorming, bro. This is it. This is this is what the conversations should sound like at the Yankee roundtable. Instead, I think it's just a bunch of computers printing out papers. But this is what it should sound like because you come up with some logical re- some logical answers. Unlike this one, I I'm feeling really good about this team over the last week or so, and I think we all should because they finally they've gotten relatively healthy. They're playing better baseball. Mm-hmm. All the doubts that we had about them, I'm not saying the doubts about them going all the way, but the doubts about them blowing this division or, or winning this division are gone. They're going to win the division now. Okay, um, they've been playing better. Rizzo's back. I think that was such a huge thing for this team getting yeah. Rizzo back. Getting Rizzo back healthy. Healthy. Okay. Healthy. He had the tie-breaking home run to win it today. Okay. Okay. But surprisingly to me, anyway, Zach Britton was activated. Said that it was his. his um, they said that uh, what do you call it? His rehab was done. It was just a matter of if or when they were going to activate him, and then like an hour later, like, oh, Zach Britton's going to be activated for the game today. Oh, great. Now we met Zach Britton. We don't have to get into the story again. I've always rooted for Zach Britton because of what he did on the day that we yes. we uh, we met him. Stand up so guy. I, he's a real good guy, so I've always rooted for him. But now I'm rooting for for the Yankees to win the World Series. Yeah, and he's got no he's got no spot on this team. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, really, if you think about it, now we did trade Miguel Andujar for something. And it was, it was, uh, it was, it was for Cashman to 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 see if Britain had anything left with two weeks before the postseason starts. Well, let's let's work down that train. Let's work down the tracks on this one, okay? So, <laughs> Zach Britton comes back. 
He was on a 60-day IL, which means that he wasn't on the 40-man roster. Yankees 40-man is filled up. Who's going? Now, I know everybody gets upset every time the Yankees make a roster move and it's not Aaron Hicks, but when it comes to pitchers, on the 26-man roster, it has to be for a pitcher. There's there's limitations on how many pitchers you can have versus hitters. So when Britain got activated, they couldn't get rid of another position player because I believe they had hit their, their limit or whatever it was. So they had to... Um, who ended up going down anyway? It was uh, Greg Weissert went down. Um, so who I think, even though he, just this little sidebar and Greg Weissert, I think what we've seen out of him, he, people got excited because of how dominant he was in AAA. I think he serves a role in a major league bullpen. Will he ever be a, a dominant top level, you know, back end of the bullpen guy? I don't know, but I think he serves a nice role on a major league ball club as like a middle reliever. Yeah. He's got good stuff, but it, if he doesn't throw strikes, he's going to get hit. He's a guy that you maybe put in in a game, you know, mid mid innings, fifth, sixth inning, in a game that you're losing by two, three runs. And to, hope that he keep just it holds close. it right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. So somebody's got to go off the 40-man roster. Miguel Landuhar was just optioned the other day. Then it comes. Boom, Miguel Andujar's DFA to get the 40-man spot. So now, everybody that wants to defend Brian Cashman, and there are some, look, we're not going to come out and say that Brian Cashman has done nothing good. He's done a lot good. Especially in these recent times. He's done plenty of good stuff even in these recent times. But when you've been the general manager for however long he's been, he was in 98, he took over with the organization since 86, uh, and then you now know that the Royals uh, fired their general manager. So that means every GM or president of baseball ops that won the World Series from 12 to 18 no longer has their job. And Brian Cashman, who last won a World Series in 09, still has his. You have to call these things into question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, people can argue with me all that they want to. Okay. Facts are facts, whether or not you wrote for some stupid little small newspaper or not. The Pittsburgh Pirates wanted, among other things, in the deal for Garrett Cole, they wanted Miguel Andujar, they wanted Clint Frazier. Correct. The New York Yankees would not put both of those guys in the deal. The New York Yankees now, within the last 12 months, have both designated Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar for assignment. Correct. This is a guy in Garrett Cole. Now, this is not – look, I think people get twisted on this Garrett Cole argument because of what Garrett Cole is in 2022. That doesn't mean that this was what the Yankees should have done because of what happened. No, this means that the Yankees, time and time again, have not shown the willingness to go above and beyond with their prospects. Mm-hmm. And again, time and time again, these guys are just not panning out. You know, we can look at it and say – Oh well, you know, Peraza is going to be our starting shortstop. They'll move Opie to a different position. What gives you? What gives you any type of confidence that's that's going to happen? Because the Yankees called the guy up. He's played four games. They wouldn't put him in a trade. Just the fact that the Yankees wouldn't put him in a trade alone says to me he's garbage. Yep. <laughs> because the guys they don't trade, it makes me really worry about them. Because if the Yankees have confidence in them. To not trade them, I only I look at these two guys and say, 
Hey, we could have had a Garrett Cole in 2018 when the Yankees really needed Garrett. I mean, the Yankees needed Garrett Cole in 2020. Let's not forget that either. But would the Yankees have won the World Series in 2018, 2019 with Garrett Cole? It's impossible to say. It really is. But was that the move for the Yankees to make in going into the 2018 season when they had no starting pitching and this guy was available to, the, to them, a guy that Brian Cashman desperately wanted? Yes. Then you look back five years and they got absolutely nothing for the two guys they refused to put in a trade for him. Yes. And I mean, look, here's how I break down Cashman for everybody. I just said he's made a lot of good moves, a lot of great moves. I'm not, not going to argue that. But here's the thing with Cashman. If you take almost all of his moves in a vacuum, they all make a lot of sense. Would, regardless of what Frazier was supposed to be, were you mad they, they DFA'd him? Just in a vacuum, was it no, a bad no, move to DFA? No, I just, no, no, Fra- I'm not, not it, the moment was they it, did. Was it a, was it a franchise-breaking move to DFA Miguel Andujar? No. Was it a terrible move to get Montas, who, who we know is much better than he's been? No, no. Okay. So you take all these moves in a vacuum here and you look at them one by one and they make sense. And that's where people come out and they, and they defend Brian Cashman. Brian, Brian Cashman has been here a long time. You, you can't take his moves like that. You have to put context to him. And when you look at the Frazier Andujar thing that they've both been DFA'd with, I'm sorry, I'm just so frustrated by it because this is a move in itself. This simple fact that these two guys were the reason why he didn't get Garrett Cole in 2018, they've both been released, that in itself is enough to fire Brian Cashman, to not re-sign Brian Cashman. Like, if Hal's sitting there saying... If he's not sitting there saying anything less than a than a World Series and cash, and I'm not bringing Cashman back, if he's not sitting there saying that, I don't know what will ever do do it. Nothing. I think his evaluation of talent or the people he hires to evaluate talent it needs a drastic overhaul. Because think about it like this, right? I think Garrett Cole, the expectation of what Garrett Cole needed to be would have been a lot different in 2018 versus what he is now. He was brought here to be record-breaking contract, be the savior, the ace. Would we have looked at him that way in 2018? I don't know about that. I think we would have, I think if you look at the numbers, the strikeout numbers, the three, four, four ERA, how he, how, you know, overall what he's been as a number two, of what he kind of was. I mean, it does change the outlook on on a guy like that. Too. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. understand what I'm trying to say yeah, there? Yeah, but here's the I thing. I may not be articulating it perfectly, but I also think that if they make that trade in 2018, I think what we expect out of Garrett Cole and a lot of the venom we have towards him might not even, might al- yeah. also might not even be there. Yeah, well, I've said this before. My wife's uncle's been a scout in, in Major League Baseball for a very long time. 
And he told me last summer, the biggest, and there's a lot of old school scouts still out there. And anyone he talks to affiliated with the Yankees is just in, not in good spirits because it's a lot of old school guys. And the talk of the, of the league is that Brian Cashman, a lot of teams balance the statistics, the computer metrics with old school, you know, scouts who, who see talent and can pick out talent and so on and so forth. And they do a good job mixing it. He said, Brian Cashman has gone so far off the deep end. Guys don't even want to work for him anymore. Scouts don't even want to be there anymore. He's, he's too analytically driven. And I think that kind of goes back to, to what you just said with, with that, the, you know, who's evaluating the talent. It's a fucking computer. You know, everyone jokes about it, but it's true. And so a comp- is a computer going to always spit out the correct, you know, projections doing the mathematics? Yes. But we all know we've been, we've, we're all old enough to know and have watched enough games and enough talent to know that baseball is not a sport that you can just trust the computer. It's why we do the eye test and we always say, why can we see this? But the Yankees don't and they make the wrong move. Because the computer doesn't get, have that human element. If a computer were evaluating Derek Jeter back in the day, he would have never been a Yankee. Ever. All right. All right. Well, I, I don't know. IBM's might be better. Maybe. All you need to know about this is that the information that came out after Joey Gallo got traded to the Dodgers is that there were people inside the Yankee organization that told Cashman and his and his people that wanted Gallo that listen, this is not a guy that will thrive in New York. His personality does not fit here, but they ignored it because that does not show up on any stat sheet that they can print out of their computer. Yeah. So I mean if you're a Yankee fan, if you're a diehard Yankee fan, and, and I believe if you listen to this show you are because why would you take us assholes in if you're not just hungry for Yankee content, right? How are you not at least a little mad when that news comes out that Miguel Andujar gets designated for assignment? Not even that, like you said, is it a franchise changing thing that Miguel Andujar got traded for a designated? No, it's not. But just the fact that we know we could have got Garrett Cole in 2018 and he didn't want to trade, you got nothing out of any either of these guys nothing that is what's that like i said like i said last week that's what scares you about aaron hicks that he's healthy and he's been this bad this is what scares you about brian cashman is that these guys don't get traded they don't produce at the major league level for your club and then they get they're gone for nothing nothing if you want to say anything about the Gary Sanchez trade is at least you got guys in, in IKF and Josh Donaldson that have at least led to a few wins this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, you know, I thought about this the other day. Who's the, who's the dude, they, the prospect they traded that's been pitching really well? Uh, Wesneski. Yeah. Okay. Wesneski, right? Because Wolinchuk re- sucks. <laughs> he was pitching versus the Mets today. He's got an ERA of almost eight. 
Dostoevsky kid. Everyone's going crazy over him. He's pitched what four games. He's been great. Yeah, but if he was a Yankee, you would never seen him. Okay, so this is going to be my point. I think the biggest issue I have with Brian Cashman is that he he does this thing where he won't trade any of the prospects, and everyone praises him because they're so valuable. And then he also doesn't get the guys needed to put the team together to be a World Series caliber team, and he goes out and gets these second-rate guys hoping for you know lightning in a bottle. And then these ki- then he never calls the kids up. If that kid was on the Yankees still, we wouldn't see him for another six years. And by then, he's probably fucking... You gotta call these kids up. You know how much confidence this, this dude probably has right now? Do you know how much he can build on that now and become a better major league player than he probably should be? Do you know how much, honestly, and we don't know this for sure, but you know how much better Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be in the future just because he's had this? Yes. It's true. And the worst worst thing the Yankees ever did was call up Peraza. The worst thing they ever did was gaslight us on that Thursday night and call this kid up to not play him. If that was your plan, to shut us up, then you, you, first of all, that's never the way you should run your organization. That's another check mark for firing Brian Cashman. And number two, you you want to talk about stunting a guy's development. Why is he not down in Scranton playing every day? That is, to me, honestly, what's better for, for Oswald, uh, Oswald Peraza? Sitting on the Yankees bench or playing in Scranton every day? Why? Because the meals are better in the fucking Bronx as opposed to Scranton? We're spo- that, no! The kids should be playing fucking baseball every single day until you're ready to start them. They, he's played what? Look it up. I'll look it up right now. How many? And this, I'll even give them credit for the games he's pinch running. How about that? How about the I'll game nice. where he made his debut in the ninth inning? I'll give him credit for that one, too. How about that? Okay, you want great. to be a nice guy? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Because that move was was strictly to shut people up. 11 games he's played in. 11. And and like you said, that's inflated. It's very inflated. It's infl- inflated because he pinched ran the other night. That's one. The, you Two, the game in Tampa when he got called up. So what's he really played in? He's got 29 major league plate appearances. Divide that by four. So what's he really played? Seven games? Crazy. Eight? It was it was to it was to it here's exactly why he did it. So that at the end of the year, when everyone says, Oh, you know, they didn't call up they didn't call up the, the big names in, in the minor leagues and their prospects and the, Yeah, I did. We called up look at look at Cabrera. Sorry, you were not expecting Cabrera to be this good. We called up Peraza. You sat him on the bench. It it's the gaslighting. It's the constant gaslighting. It's exactly what it was when he came on opening day before 10 minutes before first pitch to throw his great his best fucking player that he has under the bus. It's gaslighting, it's ego saving. And I'm sick of it. And and at the end of the day, if you want to just look at it objectively and take the emotion or any anger or frustration we have from Cashman and put it aside. Sometimes things just run their course. 
and sometimes things get stale. And this organization for the last few years has been so predictable. And to me, when a team becomes predictable, when anything becomes too predictable, the first, the first thing I think of is that something's stale. Something needs change. And the Yankees are beyond predictable at this point. And it's because we have the same operation with the same people over and over. And they, it, it's as simple as the Yankees just need to move on and need change at this point. It can be as simple as that. There's poop in the diaper. Okay. That's it. That's it. You got to change the diaper. There's two things that I'm going to... Uh, I think I forgot one of them. It comes to me, I'll bring it up. But there's one thing that I want to specifically mention because it's been bothering me all week. And it's Boomer Esiason. Okay? Every single time the Yankees win a game, he rails for Brian Cashman. Mm. He's like, he's like, Josh Donaldson had a big hit last night. Who brought him in? Brian Cashman. Mm-hmm. That is the type of thinking that I don't like. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because he's looking at it from somebody that doesn't follow the team day to day. He's not looking at it from somebody that follows the team with a passion for it like we do. He's looking at it as somebody that has to have a baseline knowledge to do a radio show and just sees these things in a, like you want to say, in a, in a vacuum. vacuum. That's it. That's the, that's the extreme vision when you're taking a game by game. Right. But again, Donaldson could have been great this year. And that's still not the move that this team needed. IKF could have been great this year. It's still not the move that a GM and an organization who's serious about winning a world series makes. Both things can can be true. You could have got players here that were productive. And also, you didn't make the moves that prove to anyone with a brain that your top priority is winning a World Series. So, if you are, are if you look at this thing objectively, right? Because this is another thing that he does, right? There's a cut that they play. You know, the WFM plays these little teasers now for the shows, and it's like a little cut of somebody yeah. something said. But Brandon Tierney is like, I don't know if he's the guy that should, the Yankees need to be rebuilt, and I don't know if the, if Brian Cashman deserves to be the guy to rebuild him. First of all, I believe that's something you first heard here. Yep. I think we've been talking about that for a very long yep. time. Okay? And number two, every time that cut plays right before they come back on, Brian uh, Boomer makes fun of Tierney. He's like, well, IKF had two hits last night. Who brought him here? Brian Cashman. Right, right. So you mean to tell me that Brian Cashman brought in IKF when he could have got creative and brought in Carlos Correa but didn't? Some other GM did. And the other GM did it because he fleeced him on a deal for Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. Or how he wouldn't trade prospects that he refuses to play to get the best starting pitcher on the market. Instead, of brought in a guy that's injured, sucks, and now is injured, and he probably won't even pitch in the postseason. That's the Brian Cashman that you're defending, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or how about knew, the guy who still hasn't signed fucking Aaron I mean, Judge? That's a, that's a larger issue here. I don't know if we can specifically lay that at Brian. I know you like to, but I, uh, that's a larger issue at play here. Or a guy who two of his top prospects could have traded to get a pitcher here when the Yankees were in a championship window Desperately needed starting pitching. A guy that he would have he would have laid in front of a train track, uh, a local, speeding locomotive for, and Garrett Cole wouldn't trade him. 
release both of them. That's the guy that you're defending. That you want to come on your number one radio show and make Yankee fans out to be idiots every time that they call up your show and say, Brian Cashman's got to go. That's the guy that you're defending. Okay? Stick to football. See, I don't like when the, I don't like being that guy when somebody has a, a, a show like that and has to be has to be broader than just their, their expertise. But when you say dumb shit like that, stick to what you know at that point. Okay. Okay. So now it's our 300th episode. Uh, I wanted to open it up to the fans a little bit. And we asked for some of the fans favorite because I, I want I also want the show to be a little bit of a celebration, not only of, of our, of our accomplishment, because look, let's face it, dude. Uh, everybody in the mother starts a podcast. Not everybody makes it to 300 episodes. Okay. We did. Okay. And part of that, and I said it earlier, and I, I'm going to take, you don't want to, I'll take a fucking bow for that, man. Cause I think we're really good at what we do. I'll toot my own horn. I okay. Agree. I agree, man. Okay. And also we're here because of the fans. Okay. So let's, so we're all here. We're, the common bond here is that we're all Yankee fans. So I asked them, what is your favorite moment as a Yankee fan? Okay. So we'll, we're going to go through them. We'll bang them out. Okay. 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 Here we go. Let's start them off here. Got to find a tweet at it. All right. My boy, the New York chicken buckets. Okay. One of my great favorite handle, followers. Uh, he says, I have two. My younger brother at Fantasy Dude 23 threw out the first pitch in a game on uh, August 2nd in 1995. And then I got to meet Cohn and Pat Kelly in the dugout. The other one was being in the right field bleachers for Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit. Wow. Right. I hope uh, hope your brother's first pitch was uh, better than Dr. Golfauci's. Okay, Dr. Golfauci. Huh? Dr. Golfauci yourself. Okay, then we got uh, Brammer at Brammer99 says, My favorite Yankees moment was the walkout for Moe's last appearance. Uh, my future, his future, he also put a future one here, okay? Okay. Will be the time Brian Cashman gets fired. Yes. At Shell895 says, Jeter's 3000. My daughters and I had just lost their dad. We couldn't have, we couldn't see a game in a few days. He had been sick for a while too as soon as we got home we didn't even put our luggage away we turned on the game and yelled and jumped around my husband would have awesome. been too Ooh. wow see and i think a lot and and i want to bring this up man because people say this all the time and it's so true it's hard not to be romantic about baseball it, it really it's is It's impossible because if you think about tuesday night man that was everything. Honestly, I know it's the fucking pirates, but how is that not? It, how is that not just a special moment in the maybe not in the history of the Yankees because they've done so much, but just a special moment? Like you'll always look back on that game. Like bring up bring up something from twenty twenty two, regardless of how it ends, that you'll always remember. Judge hits his sixtieth home run. It's eight to four. It's eight to four. Eight to eight five to or five. whatever. Eight to five. You know. He doesn't want to come out because the team is losing. Sparks a fucking rally. G hits a walk-off grand slam. I mean, I couldn't stop watching the highlights. No, nah, maybe neither, man. So when people say it's hard not to be romantic, that's, you know, it's those types of things. And it, and you remember 
why you love this game and what why it means so much to you. And you know, and Shelly, you know, she encompassed that. And then and and it probably was the hardest time in her life losing her husband, losing her kid's dad, you know. And that, you know, Judas three thousand hit kind of um, you know, it brought them together. Yeah. So at peace now for life says I'd have to say Jeter's final game at the stadium. I watched his entire career from day one. It was magic. Also, the first game I took my daughter to was a win over Kansas City. So I know of you not taking your youngest because she's going to be three in December, but you've taken your other kids. That's got to be a pretty special moment getting to take them to their uh, yeah at, to their to their first games. So, yeah, I, mean, I got to I, I got to say too, just any any time. It's as simple as any time Judge has even been at the plate when they're awake. They're right next to me, holding my hand, whatever, just being there for it. They don't, they can't grasp what's actually happening in, in a in a sense like we can. But just that moment alone, just waiting for it, is something that I don't know that you get from any other sport. I don't. Well, I would say like this: my daughter's two, right? So the only she only knows two Yankees. Aaron Judge and Nestor Cortez. Why? I don't know why she remembers the name Nestor. I My guess son's just... the same way. That's so weird. <laughs> he loves Nestor and Judge. I guess it's just a it's it's a funny name. I mean, honestly, it's a funny name, especially to a two year old. So she remembers it. But every Yankee she sees, she says, "That's Aaron Judge." Like I have the whole mm-hmm. wall up here is all bobbleheads, and she goes, "That's Aaron Judge. That's Aaron Judge." <laughs> That's Aaron. But like it's there's maybe. There's, I think there's only one Aaron Judge up there, maybe two. One of the pops might be Aaron Judge, but then there's one Baba. But anyway, right? So I tweeted it, and I sent you the picture of the first time he was going for 61. Dude, I didn't prompt her to do that. Like, she got up on her chair and stood and sat right in front of the TV. She's never done that before. It's baseball, man. You know? And it's like. Will I? Won't I? I was like, I'm, I'm itching. Like, I'm really itching to bring her to a game next year. Like, I was talking to my cousin uh, about it. Like, maybe if we do like a day game during the summer when there's not a ton of people there. You know, she'll be three at the time. Maybe you know, even if she doesn't want to stay the whole time, you know, it would be the type of game to to do something like that. Like, I really want. Like, like I, I think my first game was when I was five. I don't know if I can physically wait another two years. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If anybody that knows me knows I'm not lying when this happens, I might not even make it to, like, walking through the gate, holding her hand and seeing Yankee Stadium for the first time together. I'm going to lose it, bro. Like, I will cry. Like, that's – and when you, when people say, like, if the Yankees don't do this, I'm done. If the Yankees don't win, I'm done. Like, I can never, like, honestly, I can never say that because maybe it's a selfish thing. I don't know, but I need to have the, that moment with my child. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's hard to, you know, maybe people that aren't dads no, don't get I it. I mean, maybe. those are the moments that that you look back on in your life. Those are the moments that matter. It's not fucking waking up and going to work and getting promotions at your job. It's fucking walking into Yankee Stadium for the first time with your daughter. Like, you walk into my room, there's two things you're going to notice. I'm obsessed with the Yankees, and I'm obsessed with Rocky Balboa. And do you want to know why? Those are the two things that I did with my dad growing up. Right. I watched the Yankee games, and we watched Rocky IV. And and to a degree, also, we watched Giant games. But I don't love the Giants as much. I'm a Giants fan, 
I don't live and die with them like I live and die with the Yankees. And I would say if I had to give up Rocky, ever watching Rocky again or ever watching the Giants again, I'd give up the fucking Giants. Well, you it's, know, but it's why I say Manfred's going about this all wrong. He wants to grow the game. Talk to us. Talk to the talk to the fans who breathe baseball, because we're the ones who are going to pass that love down to another generation. You're catering to people who don't understand, don't care about anything. Regarding baseball. What do you think? It's not about... And I and I came up with this too. You know why I think all this like pitch clock and not throwing over and speeding up the game is what they're masking as growing the game with, with the casual, you know, fan? It's, it's a known fact that the shorter something is, the more retention you can have with ad space and all that. So if they can sell an ad in a two-hour game and say, look, most baseball fans who watch the game tune, it, tune out after an hour and a half or whatever, they're maximizing their profits. That's all this is. Because I promise you, I'm not going to love the game anymore by it being shorter or by pitch clocks or by not being able to throw over more than two times. If anything, it's going to discourage me from passing on the game that I grew up loving. Because it's too different. It's too too much. It's all a money grab. And and if he were to just stop for a second and talk to the people like us, like all the everyone in the chat right now, everyone who tunes into every single pitch of every game, pretty much, maybe then he'd have the right answer on how to grow it because we're the ones who are going to pass it down from generation to then the next generation and the next. And I've said that for a long time. Right. Honest to God, I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. If this wasn't something that I bonded with my dad over, I don't know if I would love baseball. Right. So that's what it, you need to talk to the dads. You need to talk to people that, that, that want to pass this on to their kids, the love of this game to their kids, not the TikTok generation that if it's not over in 30 seconds, they don't watch it because they don't have the fucking attention span for it. Right. That's not how you're going to grow the game. I understand you need to innovate. Baseball shouldn't be played today as it was played in 1923. We all know that. But there's, there's, there's a way to compromise. It's like we talk with the Yankees. Not everything needs to be from a computer. Compromise. Use both, meet in the middle. Baseball growing, growing the game needs to be done the same way. Like last night. Listen, I get Apple's point of view. Look, we got something everybody wants to see. Why would we give that up? You got to step in at some point and say, listen, we're cutting in. Judges at bats are going on the MLB network. We know everybody still doesn't get the MLB network, but we'll reach more people here. This is how we're going to grow the game. This is a historic record. This is something that people want to see, and you're hiding it. I think you're wrong about this for a second. I think MLB, I think Manfred actively denied that to happen. I think he could have had the opportunity to take the rights back on the game and chose not to. Right. That's what I'm saying. Step in. Do something about it. He chose not to, and which which is what led me to my point about speeding up the game and it all being a money grab for advertising and all this. Because guess what? It's not MLB saying, hey, we need to grow the game. Can we get it on Apple TV? It's Apple TV trying to grow their brand and get live sports in. 
of course. It's all, it's more about it's more about Apple growing their brand and MLB right. putting money in their pockets. Right. It is. So so he had an opportunity. Look, it's it's a well-known fact that MLB is the worst at marketing anything. It's one thing that the NBA does really great. I mean, Mike Trout's been the best player in the uh, in baseball for the past 10 years. Would you know him if, if most people down the street? Yeah, most people wouldn't know him if they fucking fell over him. So so it, it it all stems from that, and and you know we could go on for hours about it. But so let's uh, let's read some more here because I want to I want to get to everybody. I think it's only fair. Um, uh, Li Yankee King says, "I know it's small, but Derek Jeter playing in Cleveland. He's my idol and my favorite player. I cl- I cried at his last game in Cleveland. Hey, dude, you know what? That's nothing to be ashamed of." I shed a few tears uh, at his final game at Yankee Stadium, man. My dad, my dad was screaming down. He thought something was wrong with me. He heard me hyperventilating. I was fucking. I, I was a mess. Look, I'm I, I'm lucky enough to live through Derek Jeter's career and this part of Aaron Judge's career, and I can say this confidently that the Yankees should not let Aaron Judge go just based on what he means to his fucking fan base. It's yeah, sometimes things sometimes things mean more than what guys do on the field. And Derek Jeter meant that to this fan base, and Aaron Judge means that to this fan base. You want to grow, you want you want the next generation of Yankee fans. This is the guy. This is the guy. I we just told you. How old is Jack now? Five? Mm-hmm. My daughter's two. They're the only fucking guys that the Yankee know. This is come on now. Right. This is how you you want the next generation. This is the guy. This is these are, these are kids. And he, this and, is who they know. And he knows Cabrera because I, when he first came up, I said, I kept saying to him, "Jack, the kid's up." So now every time he sees Cabrera, he goes, "Daddy, the kid, he's coming in." And Daddy, I love the Nestor, kid's coming but in. like my kid only probably remembers his name because it's funny. Like I mean, but seriously. And he's got the mustache. In the, in the mustache, okay? okay. This is from the OG Patrick. All right. Hello, fellas. Um, I love this fucking guy. We need to be here. We need to hear more of, of Patrick. Uh, favorite moment was the first time going to the old stadium in the seventies, followed by watching my favorite player, Bernie, and then connecting with you fellows over the last few years. Patrick, man, we fucking love you, bro. Love we you, hope man. that you, we hope that you can make it over here at some point uh, next year. And we'll catch you. If you come here during the season, we will make it uh, you know, worth your while. Definitely. No, I don't Well, Hold on a second, bro. We'll catch a game with them. And then we got to go short. Sure. If he's flying here from Ireland, I'm going out for drinks. Like get, get him, I thought you meant like get him a hooker or something. No, no. He can get a hooker's <laughs> on his own if he wants. You just got to walk, hey, walk around fucking, the stadium for a minute. Hey, listen. He's fucking Patrick. I don't think he needs to get a fucking hooker, bro. He doesn't, you know bro. What I'm saying? Okay. All right. Let's wrap this up here. Okay. Got a few more to read. Okay. All right, where were we? Okay, uh, Welter 27, the walk-offs in 20, uh, 2009, the cry for pie. A lot of pie in 2009. A lot of pie. Huh? A lot of pie. Forgot about the pie. Sad, okay, Sad Hixie. Okay, well, okay, that's, a, that's a good handle. Okay. Uh, 96 World Series Game 6, the first time I ever saw them win a title. I started following the team in the late 80s when they were so bad, it was extremely satisfying for them to win. Okay. The Great Hambino. I know you hate this handle. Okay. Yeah. It's just you have to deal with it. I right? talked to him this week, actually. I think you spoke to him about his handle. Yeah. He no. He tweeted something at me. <laughs> Fucking guy. 
You hate him? Just nah. Listen, do I hate <laughs> do I hate the guy who's his handle's named after? Maybe. Okay. Uh, Hideki Matsui, six RBIs in game six of the 09 World Series. It felt like an exorcism of the demons of 04, mm. especially against Pedro. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was very satisfying that a guy like Matsui clinched the World Series for the Yankees. Well, Matt, that was the, that was pretty awesome because Matsui was a guy that, that everyone loved, but if he didn't have a huge moment like that, he's a guy who could have fell through the cracks when he think back on a lot of the great Yankees that made a, made an impact on this team. Like you always would have said, Oh yeah, Matsui, he was great. I loved him. But because of that Oh nine world series, he's, he's in the history books with the Yankees. And the last one we got here is from Mikey T Wells is perfect game sitting a few rows behind the first base dugout. Uh, the final five ball goes to the right field. O'Neill disappears into the corner Ball comes down. People goes nuts. My dad was screaming, oh, sh- uh, holy shit, at the top of his lungs. It was awesome. So. There you go. Another moment with a dad. See? That you'll never forget. So. I mean, just uh, real quick, I'll say mine was definitely Judas' final home game in, 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 in 2014, man. I mean, that was just fucking wild being there for that. I, so. I said it at the time, and I wasn't there. I was watching on TV. And it sounds crazy because how how spoiled have we been? We've seen so many World Series. And I know at the end of the day, when you're defending your team, it's World Series or bust. You know, when you're defending the team, it's World Series or nothing. So those moments should mean the most. But if you're going to ask me what the most memorable moment I've had as a Yankee fan it was Derek Jeter ending his career that way because to me that exemplified everything into one. It was the epitome of every reason I love this game. It exemplified everything, the mad, everything lining up and having that moment. You don't get that in any other sport. I will never forget that, that game ever. No, I mean, I've been to postseason games before, and the emotion in that building rivaled any postseason game I was ever that I ever attended. People, it, see, I always compare these two things. Mariano, I was there for Mariano Rivera's final game, and I was there for Derek Jeter's final uh, game at Yankee Stadium, which I consider his final game. I know he played in Boston, but whatever. I don't fucking count that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yankees were. I believe they were definitely eliminated for Jeter's final game. I don't know if they were officially eliminated for Rivera's final game, but they were basically dead. We all knew they weren't making the postseason. They but, were eliminated. They were? Yeah, because both of those moments, I said, these are the two years, if you're ever going to be okay with the Yankees being eliminated before the last games at home, it would be those two years because at least you knew that this was it. You weren't going to see them again. Yeah, but I didn't know if they were official. They were. Or like the, their elimination number was like one or something no, like that. No, they were official. Okay. So, but being in Yankee Stadium for Rivera's final game, it was like being at a funeral. Everybody was dead silent the entire game until maybe like the fourth or fifth inning when the buzz started, like once you're already going to get him in and once you're already going to get him in. And then you saw him warm up and then it became like a fucking rock concert until he came in, pitched, you know, we all know 
uh, Pettit and Jeter came, took him out, the emotion, and then everybody went home because what was there left to see? Okay. But Jeter's final game was like a fucking playoff atmosphere the entire like the 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 buzz, the 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 anticipation. Like as soon as you walked out of the car, man, like you felt it. You felt the energy being there. It was I'll never unless I'm there for them clinching a World Series, I don't think anything will ever top that moment. I don't know if I, even that would because it's one thing to for your team to win it all. But when you break it down to a player that was bigger than the game, that meant more to you than just baseball. Having a moment, his final moment, that was bigger than life itself, that you couldn't even have scripted, people wouldn't have believed it. Those two things together are, are what you connect to more than just a team winning everything. Hey, listen... Uh- People that know me know this. If my daughter had been my son, her name would have been Derek. And then we all know why that would have been. Now, oh, you regret? No, I don't regret having a daughter. I love her more than anything in this fucking world. And I, the, the cold consolation prize is I got to name her after my grandmother. So I'm extremely happy with how everything turned out. But just to show you, like, that's what this guy meant to me. I was going to name my fucking child after him. So to be there for that, it, it meant everything. And I think the, and I, like I said earlier, I think the only thing that could possibly rival that aside from maybe being there when they clinch it is when I walked through that turnstile for the first time with my daughter. Absolutely. Other than that, I can't imagine anything ever meeting the emotion of being there for uh Derek Jeter's final game. But to close the show out here, you know, fucking K man, he brought this up and he's like, and in not so many words, he was like, you think Efros would want to? Efros should pull uh, a Robertson, meaning, and and David Robertson didn't do this shit on purpose. He didn't blow that game to allow <laughs> Jeter the opportunity to, for a walk off hit in that game. But I'm saying to myself, what moron is actively? And if you're in the chat, I love you, but you're a moron, actively rooting for the Yankees to blow the lead just so Aaron Judge can get another because he was leading. He would have led off the ninth inning. Just so he could get another shot. I think I put it. I think I put it best last night. I'm not actively rooting for it. It's just a situation happens, where I would have been, been okay with it. Wouldn't have been as mad. Now, if they took the lead, that's a different story. I would have been just as mad. But if they tied it and gave uh, Judge another at bat, I wouldn't have. Uh, and then Cora says about. after the game, he heard audible "Let's go Red Sox" chants from Yankee fans in the ninth inning. Like, are you people? Re- I'm, I shouldn't say. No, I can't say that. Say that. <laughs> is there something wrong? Is there something Canceled. wrong with you? Is there something wrong with you people? Honestly, crazy. But it doesn't surprise you. No. Fuck Altuve. Where's Altuve? Oh, he's playing a game in Oakland, and Kansas City's in the Bronx. These are the same fans that did that, doing the wave of a, in a one in a one run game against the Houston Astros. These are the same fans that bro, that are chanting, bro. "Let's go." I they mean, were doing the wave the other day when, in between judge at bats, when he's going for the record, they were doing the so wave. So am I surprised by anything Yankee fans do? No, but I mean, like, come on, you can't be rooting for the Red Sox to tie the game just so Judge should get another at bat. It's not like it. Okay, do you want to know the one scenario I would be okay with it? Is if this was the final game of the year? Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't be. Maybe. I still wouldn't be okay with audibly saying "Let's go Red Sox." 
that that's a bridge too if far. If you want to sit in your seat silently to yourself and say, kind of hope that they tie the game here, that's one thing. But to actively root for it out loud, that's crossing a line. The Yankees still have 10, 11 games left. If he doesn't get it done, I mean, he doesn't deserve to get it done. Let's be fair about it. Yes. You don't have to root for them to blow a game versus the Red Sox for it to happen. I know if you're if you're there, you want to see history, but come on. I, I, I'll take the win right now and let him get another crack at it tomorrow. So, I had a lot of fun tonight, bro. Yeah, Maybe it's a Saturday, good show, man. Saturday night shows have more energy than I yeah. anticipated. I kind of liked really, it. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if okay. I'm going to make it a habit, though. Huh? All right. So, we want to thank everybody in the chat. Everybody that's going to listen to this on Apple Podcast, uh, we love you guys. Uh, you guys are the reason why we've done 300, and you're the reason why we're going to do 301. We're going to do 300 more. I don't know. Oh, I'm not going to promise. Boy. I'm not going to promise that, but there will be. We, 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 we are going to start banging. Okay, there you go. Uh, we will promise at least 301 next week. So thank you, everybody that's uh, supported us through the years. We love you guys. It means the world to us. And uh, it's the reason why we keep going. So thank you for your continued support of the show. Please follow us on Twitter at NYYST underscore podcast. Go to at NYY News TV for all the information for the event on October 11th. Get your tickets. Uh, the link is is there. And that's all I got, bro. So, uh, Chris, say goodbye. Peace. NYYST. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, yep. swinging for the fences, knock it out the park. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, Woo. Christian and Chris, of course, SGR. Yeah. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, yeah. call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Uh. Record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.